This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. Last week, the CEO of the New England power grid operator issued an alarming warning for the six states he oversees. A single unexpected weather event could trigger rolling blackouts during the upcoming winter. Now, if that sounds familiar, it may remind you of what happened in Texas in February, when millions of residents were left without heat, water, or power for days after a series of severe winter storms triggered record demand, and half the state's generators failed due to a combination of freezing turbines and lack of fuel. Today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse on why the New England region is facing potential winter blackouts and the solutions officials are considering. It's Thursday, December 16th. Kat, New England seems like not the place that you want to be without power in the middle of winter. What are some of the reasons that the region's grid operator called it, quote, vulnerable to potential fuel constraints this winter? Yeah. So the New England grid operator has been warning of fuel issues for years. And there are two main reasons for that. And both stem from the region's growing reliance on natural gas as an electricity source. One of the reasons that the grid is more constrained than other regions of the country is that it only has so much pipeline capacity and it's not located on top of any sort of shale formations that make gas really accessible unlike other parts of the country. So it does need to be shipping in that gas from Pennsylvania, for example, and from parts of Canada. And the other difficult thing is something that you see more and more as a winter risk for gas as a fuel when you rely on gas for both heating and electricity. So during regular parts of the year, natural gas is primarily used in the region for electricity. But during the winter months, gas is also needed to heat homes and priority is given to home heating. So for instance, in times when cold temperatures really spike, then you'll see a little bit of a competition between the electric and the heating sector. And the heating sector is prioritized in those situations, but that creates potential shortages for the electricity sector. Got it. So at the same time, New England's got some big ambitions to go carbon free. What's going on with the region's generation mix? And are the troubles that we're seeing there something that other regions of the country could face too? Yeah, so five of the six New England states have really ambitious goals to be 100% renewable or 100% carbon-free, basically to add a lot more carbon-free generation onto the grid. Another thing that we're seeing is the biggest carbon-free resources in the region comes from nuclear-fueled power plants. And you're seeing across the country, those power plants that were built in kind of the 70s are starting to retire. And you're seeing folks try and extend the certificates longer for those plants. But at the same time, there's certainly not talk of new nuclear plants being built in New England because you've seen those efforts fail elsewhere. So you're seeing this drop off in clean energy resources of nuclear power at the same time you're seeing an increase in natural gas resources. And that's concerning to states who want to see their grid become cleaner because they don't want to fill up that lost capacity with natural gas. So what are some of the short-term solutions that the grid operator and states are looking at to prevent widespread fuel constraints then? Some of the short-term solutions include better on-site storage, but the problem with boosting on-site storage is it's expensive and a lot of people didn't want to pay for that. 
And from the state's perspective, they'd like to see more alternative fuels used. They want to see better use of energy efficiency and thinking about offshore wind as a good resource and wind generation in general as a better winter resource. So there's kind of a divide in the conversation where I think the grid operator has traditionally proposed solutions that would kind of increase the use of fossil fuels during the winter time, whereas states have wanted to see solutions that are focused more on alternative resources. Okay. And what about longer term solutions? What are states trying to do so that fuel shortages in the winter don't become a seasonal thing? So a couple of options that the grid operator has proposed long term include bringing in more Canadian hydropower through building up more transmission lines between Canada and the Northeast and also using green hydrogen, which isn't really commercially available in the U.S. yet. But when I spoke to the CEO of ISO New England, which is the grid operator, he was really optimistic about some of the strides that some European countries have made on green hydrogen, for instance. Also, Senator Joe Manchin's Energy Committee is planning to call for new fees on oil and gas production on federal onshore and offshore lands as part of the Senate's version of the Build Back Better bill. That's according to a draft of the committee's portion of the reconciliation bill obtained by Politico. The draft suggests that Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat who's a key swing vote in the Senate on the social and climate spending bill, supports many of the updates to the federal oil and gas leasing program that were included in House Democrats' bill. Royalties and fees for drilling onshore have remained essentially unchanged for the past century, and many states and private landowners charge far higher rates than the federal government. Manchin's support for the reforms comes despite opposition from oil and gas industry lobbying groups that call them, quote, harmful. And it's notable, since Manchin has helped kill other provisions in the bill that would have penalized fossil fuels. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Amy Snyder, and we'll see you back tomorrow.